We are just days away from the NFL draft. Whose dreams will be coming true? And how can we, as fantasy football managers and gamblers, capitalize on the momentum? We're going to tell you all this and more in our 2023 NFL mock draft. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bunch, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way. And it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It's got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is April 18th, 2023. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast is back here with you for maybe our most electrifying program of the year. Yes, it is our 2023 NFL Mock Draft. I am Seth Wilcock. I am joined by two of the greatest thought leaders in this fantasy football industry, Nate Polvo and Scott Reinier. And tonight we are accompanied by a man who starred in Blossom and also appeared in the likes of the Dark Knight, Beverly Hills 90210, and Prison Break. God, do I fucking love Prison Break, guys. Give it up for Michael Stoyanov. Mike, how you doing tonight, my friend? Good, good. Thanks for giving me props for the, like, 30-second scene I was in. <laughs> in that show. It was a lot of fun, though, Prison Break. Definitely shot in Chicago, as I recall. Okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. We yeah. appreciate you being back here with us, Mike. How are the vibes as we head towards the NFL draft, my friend? Oh, I mean, I'm excited. I'm probably more like tuned in to the draft than I have been in years past. So it's exciting to like know this much about it. And like, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a really good one. I'm excited. I like the fluctuate. It's truly like a draft day type scenario uh, in that like, I don't know what's going to happen, honestly, in that first five or six picks, if all those guys are going to stay there, like, are all those teams really is the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. going to stay? Like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of action. It's going to be great. Absolutely. We are excited to talk all about it tonight and kind of predict what's going to happen. Nate, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Uh, I know it's been a busy time for you out there in Crispy, Colorado. Well, it's the last nice day for weeks. I went on a hike and dude, being 41 and trying to do a tough trail. <laughs> I'm just so freaking glad that I get to sit during this show. Cause if you were making me stand, I, there's a good chance I'd fall over at some point during the show, but I'm stoked to do this mock draft, man. There's like Mike kind of alluded to there's, this is one of the like maybe most volatile drafts I remember in recent memory, at least where so much, we already know so much is going to happen in the first 10 picks. Where's B John going to go? Are the Cardinals going to keep their pick? Where's Anthony Richardson land? Like there are just so many storylines here and I'm stoked to kind of get into it and maybe some NFL GMs are watching us and, they should probably take some notes on this draft. 
Absolutely. And Scott, you were the star of our recent pulp fantasy here. Uh, damn Sarnold, if I would. How are you doing tonight as we head towards the NFL draft and draft day? Well, I'm at a different angle. The background you have makes me think like I'm in a cabin right now, but I'm not. But it looks like I am. Same. I asked um, you before the show if that was just your house or where you were. It's no, very that, confusing, that, Scott. That pulp episode was a lot of fun. Thanks again, Mike, for, for joining us. Uh, great at the same time, we worked on it for quite some time so it's also nice that it's over you know how that goes. It's, it's it was it was a relief when we were done <laughs> great job man seriously that was a lot that was so much fun man it was so much fun well guys we are gonna preview i just want to give a shout out to to scott and uh mike in one of the best scenes of this short film here you can find the full thing on our youtube we do have our nfl mock draft right around the corner but before that a clip from draft day Bring me a Sierra Mist. You bring me a Sprite, you're fired. I'm not even joking. What is this guy? Come on. Hey, this hey. is Dan Arnold. Dan, Panthers. how are you, buddy? Don Scardino. Is President this Don? Player personnel for Dan Snyder and the Washington oh. football team. God damn, no, the, uh, the, the commanders. And uh, no, not Snyder, the, uh, the new guys. You know what, full disclosure, I don't, I'm not really solid on their names yet. It's a lot of turnaround over here. Yeah, a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. For you. But I, I assure you, I am duly authorized to make deals. And do we have a deal for you, Dan? <laughs> you got to love it. That was absolutely a great back and forth there. Uh, Mike, how does it how slicked does it, back hair, bro? Low, low oh hanging fruit. To make fun of the, the football team, the commanders, and uh, Snyder. That was easy pickings. But, I think uh, the, funnest part, the funnest part for me was, I mean, we had our general, like, kind of theme, but we didn't, we didn't really have a script or anything. So I was hearing all that. I didn't know what Mike was really? going to say. Really? Okay. And as you could see, I had kind of a S-eating grin the whole time because I was just trying to hold it together. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how is it to watch yourself back, whether it's in a clip like that or whether it's something out there in TV land forever? Is it weird for you or have you grown to at least accept it? I mean, I'm not I don't love watching myself. I'll be, you know, okay. but, uh, yeah, you know, on certain stuff. It just <clears throat> it's just I watch me and I'm like it. Ne I'm still acting. I'm still figuring stuff out. I'm still like, oh, that beat or oh, it should have been more subtle or, you know, but uh, that was a lot of fun for sure. And uh, yeah, that was uh, not too bad. I like the front half better than the second half a little bit. So like watching the front half was, was great. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate all your guys' hard work over here at IBT. We are rolling right now, and I want to welcome in the IBT family. We've got Herms in the chat already. Good to see you, Herms. Appreciate the narrating in that video, man. we got Hooftube in the chat saying, what up, Buttercup? Albert, present as always. Good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Thanks for making us part of it once again, our friend. And we got... Uh, a shout out to the, all the theater kids out there from Dick Sickles, 100%. 100%. We appreciate you, Dick, as well. Want to welcome in the IBT family as we go ahead and get towards our NFL mock draft here. If you guys are new to the channel, please uh, subscribe if you want to continue to support us and give us a thumbs up if you enjoy this type of content. And guys, let's go ahead and jump right into a little bit of news before we get to this mock draft. I didn't think it could wait until next week, so let's go ahead and address it in front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. 
a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just try to have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about something. What it means. Come and give me another, cause the night is young. At least I so thought. All right, before we talk about some of the questionable things going around the NFL, let's talk about the good vibes. And that's Jalen Hurts secures a five-year, $255 million deal for the kid who would not quit on himself, transferred schools, had an outstanding senior season at Oklahoma, and then came in and, and just continued to make the doubters wrong. And he's the highest paid now player on a yearly basis. Mike, how do you feel about this from a dynasty fantasy football standpoint? Does this uptick his value that he does have some long-term security here in what seems like a great Philadelphia Eagles team? I mean, I don't think it would affect my opinion in dynasty. Like he, I mean, I was, I just, this was the assumption. He's the guy. Like, I mean, he's so great. And like on that note, he deserves it in a reality sense. Like, and anyone beefing about, like, oh, he's the highest paid, he's more than Mahomes, it's like, he's just simply the next guy up. Like, right. in a few years, Joe Burrow is going to break this record, probably. And then after that, Trevor Lawrence. Like, there's going to be, you know, and he definitely, I think, earned it on the field and played through the adversity, at least the adversity of, like, the talk. You know what I mean? And, like, yes. he proved the doubters wrong. And, like, he's great and, you know, was right in line to be the MVP this year and, took his team to the Super Bowl. So like I'd pay him, you know, uh, I'm pretty, uh, this is a pretty good decision. I think all the way around. Yeah. I 100% think it launches him into that top three or four dynasty quarterback discussion that we could have right along with the Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes, the Justin Herbert. I think he's in that tier. So excited to see what Jalen hurts can do in 2023. Uh, congrats to him. And uh, hopefully it pays off for the Eagles here. Nate, I want to move to Pittsburgh Steelers. One of our favorite teams here. They're acquiring Allen Robinson for a seventh round pick swap. Steelers are going to have to burn $5 million on his salary. The Rams, they're going to eat the other $10 million on the salary. What do you think of this? Because I've been on the A-Rob is wash for years train, but uh, now like, like this is kind of a value play for the Steelers, isn't it? I mean, it is. Dude, you got the guy for a seventh round pick. You're giving up almost nothing for a guy who, dude, he's not that far removed. He's will be three seasons removed from wide receiver nine in 2020 in Chicago. He was a wide receiver nine in PPR. Is he washed? Maybe he's going into his 30th, 30th year. And that's kind of the cliff for wide receivers, but he also hasn't been used much the last two seasons. Fantasy relevancy. There's none there for me. There's none there. It there's does none it, there. Does it bump Kenny up for you at all? No. And it does. I'm already high on Kenny Pickett, higher than most. I think the kid's going to have. Guards, yes. I think the kid's going to have a phenomenal 2023 season. I think he's going to get himself into those top that top 12 quarterback tier by the end of the season in dynasty. But it doesn't matter if A. Rob's there or not. This is a depth piece for me and a veteran locker room piece. I think maybe it does help Pickett a little bit having that veteran receiver with experience. But he's got other players on that team with experience, so. I don't know. I think it's a depth ad. I think it's a smart ad. It's a cheap ad for the Steelers. They're not spending cap money on that wide receiver three. It doesn't affect George Pickens. That's for damn sure. I'm fine with it. I know there are people on Twitter who are 
this is stupid or oh no george pickens value guys it's not that big of a deal for fantasy this is a football move and it's a football move i love it for the steelers for fantasy don't care mike are do you are you hesitant at all to draft george pickens or deontay johnson who only had a, a whopping zero touchdowns last season because of this news I would still take Pickens. I was not really looking at Johnson already, and I'm definitely okay. in Robinson. I do want to say, though, I feel like Allen Robinson is one of like the great unsolved mysteries of what happened. Like he wasn't he didn't he wasn't turning 30 three years ago. He wasn't you know, he didn't have some like major injury. He just went to a team with a better QB and got just stopped being good. Like, wh- why? Why did that happen? How did that happen? It actually started the year before with Fields' rookie year, but he just suddenly was not good at being a wide receiver anymore. As, <laughs> after, like, a oh, top 10 year, like, after of several sort of, like, a building the first four years of his career. So you're like, wow, this guy's got talent, and one of these years they'll put him somewhere, and he'll be, like, explosively, like, you know. He was already playing great, but, like, yeah, I just don't understand what happened to him. But I'd still draft Pickens. Okay. Okay. Scott, how do you feel about Calvin Austin? Uh, obviously a very talented wide receiver last season coming out of Memphis. I didn't really love the hype. I don't really always love the hype on some of these Memphis guys. Um, any, any thought that this derails any hope we had for him in a dynasty lens or a redraft lens? I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to tell with people like Austin where, where their trajectory is headed, regardless of this move. Um, we just, we don't have enough information yet. Where was Austin drafted? What round was he? I believe he was a fourth round pick. Yeah. So he's, as far as draft capital goes, he's on the wrong side of it for, for wide receivers historically. I agree though. Um, I, uh, I don't think this sways the needle. I think this is a big fat nothing burger with extra nothing. Um, I, (laughs) I think it's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, um, interesting because Deontay Johnson if he's his value is already pretty low because of last year and i think he's going to be a lot better this year i mean i'm not okay. i don't think he's going to be a top 12 guy but he's not going to score zero touchdowns again um and i still believe in george pickens so if this does drop their price a little bit all the better because it's not going to impact them in fantasy it's just not um mike brought up a good point and mike also gave me a good idea i think maybe we'll spoof uh, unsolved mysteries on the next fantasy <laughs> That sounds like a fun idea, um, but it is weird because wasn't it? Was it last year that he was choosing between the Eagles and the Rams, and he went to the Rams and yes. missed out on obviously a Super Bowl ring. Um, so, but yeah, fantasy wise, I I mean I agree with everything that's been said. It's it's basically paying nothing for a guy, so there's no there's no risk. Uh, okay, from an, and a, from, from a real football standpoint, fantasy doesn't do anything for me. Okay, let's go ahead and ask the NFL general manager of the Washington football team what it means from a fantasy standpoint that Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and company, they're going to be the new owners of the Washington Commanders. They just submitted a $6.05 million bid for that Washington franchise. There's obviously a lot has to happen. A new stadium, uh, they, they need to address the shit that just piles out of the, the ceiling apparently at Commanders games. But Mike, in a short-term lens, a fantasy lens, does this mean anything? Are you higher on commanders because Dan Snyder is out of the building and there might be some functionality in that franchise? I mean, I think so. Like they were, uh, they were struggling through that whole era, and like they definitely, if nothing else, need a culture change. And I think 
you know, Magic Johnson is intriguing just because we know he's a winner and like, you know, he brings uh, like a, a, that sort of energy to the, his endeavors. So like, I think this is a, uh, an overall uptick in terms of like certain players. I don't know, but I expect that the, the team will be very different looking in two or three years than it is today as a result of the, the change of ownership. Yeah, okay. I'm intrigued because what is it? The the process, his process, it, which is kind of a generic term, but somehow he got credit for coining it with tearing down a team and, <laughs> you know, rebuilding. But he did it with the Sixers. Rebuilding. He did it with the Devils. I mean, he mm-hmm. cleaned house. And I mean, to his credit, both those teams then became perennial, you know, um, playoff teams, not championship teams, but playoff teams. But I'm curious if that's what's about to happen in the capital. If, if, it definitely if gonna, is. If He's we're ter- going to see that type of thing. You've got to tear it down. You have yeah, to. So, this is a team who's been, they believed in Carson Wentz for Christ's sake. Like what's going on here? You know, We will see though, because I mean, it's not official. The owners still have to vote on it in May. Right, I think they right. need 75% approval from the owners for it to actually go through. Apparently there's a few other potential contenders that, that could still, but the, it, the likelihood now is it's this group. Um, which in, as far as judging, it, it's, it, yes, it's going to be better than Dan Snyder, uh, you know, a kitchen broom. Somebody threw out of the is going to be better real than quick, Dan Snyder. I would like to point out that M should be a B. He did not get them for 600, 6.05 yes. million. Thank you. Thank Just you. to be clear, he got, I, it, it is a billion. It is a billion. But this yeah, is one the, of, one of his do, claims to fame is he, he, uh, he turned around one of the biggest, uh, private investments as far as how much he put in and how much he got out of it in the history of the world. So if he got the commanders for 6.05 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm excited to see maybe uh, depending what happens in the draft, like maybe you will take uh, your shot on Sam, Howell, Terry McLaurin again, we'll get some fantasy love. We'll see how it all shakes out. I'm excited to see how it all shakes out guys. Um, let's go ahead though. Think- and Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm just going to add one final thing is that I think they actually will be a team in the running for Caleb Williams. So, like, mm-hmm. there's a, a change coming for that team. In, in well, the they, already, they already have B. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. So, uh, just a great listener. Uh, really good kid. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's go ahead and draft the next group of nice guys in our fantasy football mock or NFL mock draft, that is, for 2023. And back in the day. They ain't make them like this way back in the day. Took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. How far we came. Remember how it was way back in the day. And before we move to our mock draft, we want to look at the last two years of of draft data as well, just to take away some lessons. We we like this to be a learning type of show, as well as some uh, hijinks and bullshit along the way. But let's look at 2021, because I think this more resembles what we're going to see this season with high-end quarterback prospects at the top of it. 
obviously like like things panned out pretty well for for the jaguars but like the rest of this top 10 list like there are question marks here uh zach wilson obviously a question mark trey lance jamar chase extremely great value at the number five pick kyle pitts a little bit maybe a little bit high at four scott when you look at this board though is there one takeaway that you have? Is it that that you're fading some rookie quarterbacks after seeing Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, two and three, or is this a totally different class that you, you can't take anything away from this? I, I try not to compare it that way. Um, just because, you know, the, the most recent comparison we have is one quarterback going in the twenties and then nobody till the third round. So I, that's kind of more fresh in my head. Um, you know, Obviously, it didn't work out for the Jets yet to be seen for the 49ers with Trey Lance. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be that dude. Um, So Justin Fields, I still think, is going to be great. Mac Jones, nah, nah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think from what I've seen so far, you know, as far as the, the analysis and the mock drafts I've seen and just kind of all the general consensus is, you know, there's probably four quarterbacks that are definitely going to go in the first this year. And I, I think they all deserve to. Mike, any, uh, any takeaways from you here on this board? Obviously there are some great values here down in the, the end of this Travis, uh, end of this draft, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, you name it. Um, but, but obviously like Alex Leatherhood, uh, Leatherwood cut after one season. Like there are a bunch of whiffs. So when we do our mock draft here in a couple minutes, is there anything you're taking away looking at the 2021 data? Uh, I mean, th- there's just quarterbacks are at a premium and like you gotta, I think you gotta kind of roll the dice. Like I mentioned Williams, Caleb Williams a, a minute ago. I think you can't be like, there's a very few teams that are going to be in a position to tank have the kind of team that is going to tank and the kind of coach that'll be willing to tank. And like, we'll get into that. Um, But I think Zach Wilson actually weirdly like the heat, the comps are kind of a Richardson esque in that like, Oh, look at that crazy bomb he he made on the run. Like, well, I'm not, look, look, we're going to say, we're going to compare a lot of guys to a lot of guys. And I don't mean it's a dead on right that like he had heat about like, the freaky physical ability he had in like pro day, his pro day. They were like, look how he rolls out and throws the ball. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. It's like, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a minefield. And I think Waddle was a good pick. Like the two right uh, wide receivers back to back. That looks like it's working out. And Devante also, and like, I'm also a believer in, in fields and like, it, there's going to be misses every year, but like, yeah, you just don't want to, you don't want to have too many. As a Chicago Bears fan, trust me, you do not want to have too many. 100%. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, p- pull this next mock draft up, looking or uh, actual draft data from 2022 as well. Nate, when thinking back to last year's draft, obviously uh, a lot of smoke screens. We thought Malik Willis might be a top five to top 10 pick, and that did not happen at all. So looking at this data here, how do you feel about 2022? Um looking at it here, obviously Trayvon Walker, maybe a little bit of a reach at the top as well. You know, it's interesting because this was a draft where defense was heavy at the front end versus most drafts. We see a lot of offensive players taken. Yes. But if you look at the guys who have gone here, Stingley, Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker might've been a little bit of a miss, but we've only had one season. We know Evan Neal's a fantastic offensive lineman. He's been great 
in New York. Drake London, if they can get him a damn quarterback, I mean, that feels like a great pick to me. But when I look at this draft, I think the one that sticks out to me is Aiden Hutchinson at two didn't, didn't disappoint. He didn't disappoint at all. And then you start getting into, you got Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Detroit taking Jameson Williams at 12, knowing he probably wasn't going to play much. We still, the little bit that we saw of him last season, dude was phenomenal when he was on the field. He's a guy who can stretch the field. All in all, this is, this was a pretty solid draft. I think for both teams in the first round, there aren't a lot of guys where I'm looking at this draft board. I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, Jahan Dotson didn't do quite as much as you would want for a six In, pick. Injuries, injuries for injuries sure led to that. And, and, and QB woes. And QB woes. And to be, that's what I was going to say, Mike. Like, to be fair, look at what the commanders were last season. A mix of Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. And that's no knock on Taylor Heineke, but we know he's not a long-term starting quarterback in the NFL. Year two is going to – and I always say this about every draft. The first year, if these guys hit, great. Year two after the draft is where you start to figure out if these guys really are a bust or if maybe they are something in this league. And we also have to temper expectations because teams are taking players in the first round and not necessarily have the expectations that we have for them as fantasy managers or as fans. Yeah, and I I think a big takeaway from looking at this draft as well is – we know what positions are at a premium here. It's it's the trenches. It's the offense yep. and the defensive line. It's the perimeter players, wide receivers, and cornerbacks. You're not going to see probably a, a middle linebacker go in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. So when, when you're looking at some of those prop bets out there, keep fading th- those linebackers because they're going to continue to fall down the board if yep. they're not on the edge. Um, so that's something I'm looking at. And overall, like people are going to pay up for these big tackles here. Evan yep. Neal. Akeem, Akeem Akeem, we, we kind of saw it all last season. So that's kind of my, my big takeaway here is I'm sure offensive line are going to go heavily early in this uh, in, in this upcoming one. Mike, any final thoughts looking back here at what was really a fun 2022 draft? Uh, everyone thought, you know, Debo was going to be traded again. And then it was ended up being A.J. Brown of all people. I agree that there are definitely less misses. It looks like in this in this draft than 21. I think that's partly a measure of a lot of offensive linemen and and defensive players. And it's kind of harder, you know, you don't, especially offensive linemen, you can't pronounce them to really be a bust after one year. Most of them, even the very top, you know, most ballyhooed ones are like, you're going to be training basically for a couple of years. And, you know, so, uh, but this was a strong draft. I think I'm pretty impressed with uh, the high paid NFL experts that uh, they did their job this year for sure. It looks like to me. Yes, sir. And the Steelers might have got the best pick of all, baby. Kenny Pickett. Let's <laughs> go. Seth, you're, you're right. This year, there could easily be more tight ends selected in the first round than linebackers. Yes. I think yes. That's, a, that's a solid bet. That's. I, I would love yeah, I'd love that prop bet out there. That would be great. I, I love that, Scott. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into the 2023 version of this. Um, we're going to start out here with Mike. You are on the clock for the Carolina Panthers here. Obviously, we've seen some dramatic, dramatic odd shifts a couple weeks ago, CJ Stroud was minus 280 to go number one overall. I hammered down on it, boys, because I honestly did, did only thought like that would get to where it is now for Bryce, where it is for Bryce Young at minus 1300. So odds have shifted. Bryce is now the heavy favorite to go number one overall. Is that a smokescreen, Mike? Should we maybe throw I mean, a little coin on Stroud to go one at plus 800? That's a crazy smokescreen. It's it's negative. 1400 right <laughs> yes and the next guy plus 600 yes if you want to bet Stroud. no 
that is not smokescreen. No way. There's something going on. They've made their choice. It's leaking. Like there, I mean, I'll be shocked at this point. And clearly, so will Las Vegas if it's not young. You know what I mean? So yes, we're we gonna get into this story. Like truth be told, full disclosure. Again, full disclosure. I had originally selected Stroud. Yes. And then in the pre-show, we rapped about it, and I was like. Seth was like, if you had the opportunity, would you switch? And I was like, well, you know, I was aware that Young had crept back up to number one. And uh, and even uh, yesterday when we did the draft. But yeah, then, you know, I went and saw Air and I got inspired. Oh. The high upside sort of go for greatness mentality. And I think that's what it's boiling down to is Young is more likely to be great. They're both really, really good. I think that tier between Stroud and Young, it's there. that is tighter than Richardson and Levis in sort of the next tier. So, like, I just think when you're the one pick, you've got to go for that uh, that greatness, like, Hall of Fame potential upside. And I, it, that's clear that that's Young. Like, these guys, like I said, they're high paid. And, you know, it's clear that the NFL has arrived, or at least the Carolina Panthers, at the conclusion that the guy to pick is Young. And, like, I don't disagree with that. I, I, you know, and again, Stroud is great. You know, Schefter's saying that no one like two and three are not going to take QBs. So the Colts yeah, are, that that feels like some malarkey right there. I mean, Richardson. That and again, in that situation, I think you take Stroud. Like that, he's you know, but uh, yeah. So that's 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 it. That's all I got to say on it. I'm just I'm I'm a young man at this point. Not a okay. young man, <laughs> but uh, a Bryce young man. All right. All right. Mike's going back to the future there with his first pick, Bryce Young. Nate, is to you here, do the Texans really pass on a quarterback or is that a load of bullshit? Is it lying season already? Did lying season ever end with NFL executives? No, it didn't. They're Look, they're either taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Whoever isn't taken with the first pick is going to the Texans, and it's C.J. Stroud. It's going to be C.J. Stroud, and I don't think there's too much more to discuss about it. They need a quarterback. My Davis Mills shares in Dynasty hope they don't take a quarterback, but they're taking a quarterback. It's going to be C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Nate's wrong. <laughs> Nate, Nate had all the uh, Davis Mills. He was taking them in all the drafts mm-hmm. I, I had with you, even the Dynasty ones last year. So, yeah, Nate, you're going to have shares. to – you're a sick bastard nate scott we're going to you with the third overall pick here do the cardinals trade out or do they stay put and draft potentially a generational talent on the defensive side yeah see so for this one i was talking to mike about this a little bit actually i got a little lazy i you know you gave us the opportunity to make trades in this mock draft and it would have actually made a lot of sense for me to trade with myself because i was also picking for tennessee at number Mm -hmm. 11 But I went ahead and I mean, I really like personally, honestly, I don't know. That is what is exciting to me about this draft is even with the first two picks, you know who the first two picks are going to be, but you don't quite know which one's going first. So there's some intrigue there. Then when it gets to three, I mean, the Cardinals phone could be ringing off the hook or if they pick, then, you know, arguably the best player in this draft, you know, uh, but they don't need a QB. Uh, as Will Anderson. And that's what I think they do if they don't trade. Um, but there's, you know, there's multiple teams that could potentially trade up to that number three spot. Um, Tennessee Titans being one of them. Okay. 
All right, so he's going with Will Anderson. I'm on the clock for the Indianapolis Colts at four, and I think this fell right into their lap. I'm going to go ahead and select Anthony Richardson out of Florida. And there are some smoke screens coming out of Indy now. They're saying, hey, maybe they don't want a quarterback. Maybe they are potentially even targeting Will Levis at the fourth overall pick. However, I hammered down on plus 200 Anthony Richardson a couple weeks ago to go to the Colts. I'm going to stand by that selection here. And this just fits what Shane Steichen wants to do here. He, he helped Jalen Hurts get that bag because he put an offensive round, a mobile quarterback. And also uh, the quarterback coach, Cam Turner, he comes from Arizona who worked with Kyler Murray, another mobile quarterback. So I think they're putting the pieces in place that if Anthony Richardson does fall to four, they can build around him. And I'm just excited to see what they can do. Obviously, they're going to let Jonathan Taylor carry uh, the load here in his rookie year. Hopefully, Shaq Leonard and that defense can get back into form. Um, but Jim Mercer, guys, he's a wild card. Like, dude is best friends with all these musicians. Uh, you know, possibly doing some inappropriate things in Josh McDaniel's bathroom, allegedly. We don't really know. Uh, but he's a wild card. This is a wild card type of move. So I'm going to hammer down Anthony Richardson here to the Colts. I think this is probably the direction they go. As much as I like Will Levis, and I think he's climbed on a lot of teams' boards, Anthony Richardson is this freak athlete, right? And, like, isn't that what you want? Because that gives you the biggest ceiling. He gives you that rush side, and he's smart. And if he can learn an offense and kind of hone in that accuracy, this might be the steal of the draft, getting Richardson here at four. And they have Gardner Minshew, so they don't need to start exactly. him right away either. Uh, we might get a little Minshew mania early in the season. Mike, it's back to you with the Seattle Seahawks, who this isn't even their pick, man. They had a great season. This is kind of a luxury pick for them, picking for the uh, Denver Broncos. Right, and I did take Levis. I know that's not super popular, but I feel like he, they're going to need a quarterback potentially sooner rather than later. I, I think Geno Smith is an amazing story. He had a great year. He is 32. It, we don't know if like they he gets figured out or he returns to more where his baseline stats have been the rest of his career. Like at one way or another, they're going to need a quarterback. And unlike a lot of these teams that we've already been talking about, they are not going to be in the running for Caleb Williams. They're too good. And Pete Carroll will never, never tank like it's just never going to happen. So they're not going to get the guy next year. So I think they have to they have to roll the dice, hope they can. It's a great situation again, same as same as Richardson. He's got he can learn. He's the Geno Smith. Hopefully, will be a great mentor and like can get him to a, another level or two. But physically, he could be very very good. And I think you can't in their situation pass on him, even though he probably will go ten spots later in the real draft. But. I, I love Will Levis, man. I mean, I get that like he obviously does some questionable things. He's putting mayonnaise and coffee and, and eating bananas with a peel on. But at the end of the day, this guy has the, 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 the tool bag to be a possible NFL starter. And like I just see him walk away from Penn State and we got Sean Clifford for two more years like that is heartbreaking enough. Um, so I don't mind the Seahawks. I would be very happy with this landing spot. I hope he's, he's nuke Lelouch from, from Bull Durham, <laughs> just kind of a oddball that like, but um, with a million dollar arm, with 10 million, hundred million dollar arm. You know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll see what Will Levis can do. I would love it, though, long-term for DK Metcalf. I mean, he's got a cannon. Well, he even said it in the combine, man. When you got a cannon like me, you want to go out there and throw. So uh, uh, That's DK one of the troubling things. He says things like that out loud. <laughs> like, that's where you're like, oh, 
is this a huge mistake? Uh, but, you know, fingers crossed that they, he works out. Okay. All right, Nate, it is over to you with the Detroit Lions. Also a luxury pick for them, picking for the Rams, who had a, just a woeful season. Where did the, the Detroit Lions go uh, with this number overall six pick? Well, we talked about it before the show. At least Mike and I talked about it a little bit that, like you said, this is a luxury pick. And this isn't a team that needs anything offensively. They've got their running backs. They've got their quarterback for now. Maybe they go quarterback either with a later pick, take a stab at one of like a Stetson Bennett or a Max Dugan. But more than likely, they're looking quarterback next season. Goff played well. Their wide receivers are set. Their running backs are set. Their offensive line was much improved. But where they can get better and where they will get better here is with quarterback Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. He's, you could, I don't know. I mean, between him and Christian Gonzalez, it's kind of like a toss-up as to who's the best corner in this class. Gonzalez is the best cover corner in man. Witherspoon's a fantastic zone corner. Also very good in man coverage. But this is a place where this could be something that bumps them up in their division. This could be one of those moves where we look back and it's a sauce Gardner type move for that Jets defense where, wow, we had no idea how much of an impact player he was going to be for that defense and that team. It was the best pick they could have made last year. And I think that's what we're going to look at with the Lions here is getting Witherspoon. And if you're, if you play IDP format, this is a guy that's probably going very early in your rookie drafts. He's coming off the board in the first round more than likely. Woo, dude. In IDP? In IDP, that's not crazy. Um, but Witherspoon, Witherspoon's talented. He is incredibly talented, and all he's going to do is make their defense, make the Lions' defense like better. Is he the big one? Which yeah. two, two of them is – one of them is like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, like that's that's an asset. Yeah. I, I think overall, too, if we've learned anything the last couple of years, it's that cornerbacks are valued here. Sauce Gardner went fourth last season. Derek Stingley Jr. maybe questionably went over Sauce at number three mm. to Houston. And the year before, we saw the same thing. Patrick Sertain, uh, he, he went over Justin Fields. J.C. Horn went to the Carolina Panthers when they needed a quarterback. So the, these cornerbacks are very valued in the NFL. I like that pick, Nate. Uh, Scott, we're going to go to you with the Raiders, who uh, Will Levis, they're probably a little bummed out that he didn't fall to them. It looks like it's Jimmy G for a couple more years for the Raiders here. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, they're one of the teams I'd say it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would trade up. Uh, I would say the same thing, honestly, for the Lions. Um, I agree about Goff and I agree about their offense, but I just feel like this the first 10 picks of this draft are going to be super exciting. So for me with this, um, uh, uh, these these two picks, Nate's pick with the Lions and mine with the Raiders, uh, they get a little more interesting depending on what Seattle does. If Seattle does go QB and they don't take Tyree Wilson, um, a lot of the mocks have them taking Tyree Wilson. Then all of a sudden Tyree Wilson's sitting there. Um, but I, I, I think the Raiders are still going to go cornerback and I think they're going to go Christian Gonzalez. I think that's the cornerback they wanted anyway. So I think they'd be happy to see Witherspoon go. I, I mean, I think they would be fine with either, but I think Christian Gonzalez is their guy. Um, I will say you can find cornerbacks later in the draft. Shout out to Reek Woolen. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it, but it, it, it's a little bit painful to let Tyree Wilson fall, um, you know, uh, but I still I think that the Raiders would stick to the cornerback position here. And then the very next team after me will be like, thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Yes. One hundred percent. So I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons here selecting Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. 
And look, I, I get that a lot of people are probably bummed out. They probably thought, oh, maybe Bijan Robinson would land here. Uh, he's They're becoming the odds-on favorite to draft Bijan here with this number eight overall pick. And I get that they could do that, but I think they want to win with defense. They are building something over there on the defensive side of the ball in Atlanta. They signed Jesse Bates in free agency, a great move for their secondary. They just got Jeff Okuda from, for scraps from the Lions. Yep. Bud Dupree just signed last week with them as well. And Calais Campbell, one of the top defensive linemen in the league. He is a little bit older, but he's still an absolute dog, is on that defensive line. Add Tyree Wilson to the mix, a 6'6", 275 guy. Top 10 in sacks in the Big 12 the last few years. And I think he could have honestly pushed Will Anderson Jr. for that number one defensive selection. However, he got hurt in, in pre-draft, uh, had the foot injury. So I think that will land him right here at number eight. I'm excited to target the Atlanta Falcons possibly in fantasy as well, depending on the early season schedule. If they get Carolina with a rookie or the Saints week one and two, I'm going to be all about them and uh, try and take a little bit of a flyer on them as my fantasy defense. So, uh, Mike, back to you here at number nine. Uh, well, I know a lot of people have the Bears taking Skaronsky, I think, or at least best offensive lineman available. Uh, but I, in this world, they uh, are going to sign Jonah Williams uh, from the Bengals. Ooh, okay. Freed me up. And then they're that. also probably going to take Bergeron in the second round. So, like, they have plans for offensive line, which freed me up to take a risk on a, a physical freak and, like, a potentially great player who, like – I mean, in a much more serious manner, like in a Randy Moss type situation, he's fallen due to the off field situation. And like, you just got to hope, I feel like at nine that like, he's a good kid, something unfortunate and terrible happened and he feels bad and he's going to move on. And like yes. his priority, you got to hope it is football and like dedicating himself to it. And like, I think it's not crazy. And I think that, uh, uh, whoever ends up with Carter, it'll it'll probably work out. Like I just I want I bend towards believing people are generally good rather than like shitty. So yeah, Carter here I felt like he was a value at like if that uh, that event never happens, he's he's gone. Like three. He's the third. Time. He's the third pick. Right. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I, and they definitely need that guy. They need help on their defensive line. So I took him. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what the prop number is for him because we know Drew Rosenhaus came out last week and said he's not meeting with any teams outside of the top 10. He will go to Philadelphia at 10 if he is there. However, he is not there, Nate. So you are now up for the Eagles. And Howie Roseman, once again, just is an absolute dog. He has the number 10 pick here from the Saints, another luxury pick for a team that was just at the Super Bowl, but they didn't have the juice to get it done. Who do they get to here that could maybe help them get it done next season, my friend? So I wouldn't have mocked this if they had kept Miles Sanders around, which I thought there was a chance that they would. But once Miles Sanders left in free agency, it became pretty clear because this isn't a team that has any like real glaring needs on either side of the ball. They do need to address corners because they let some of their secondary go in free agency. But dude, Bijan Robinson, can you imagine you get this dynamic – running back who he has that like Barry Sanders skill set, the way that he moves through like the first and second tier. Once he gets past the line of scrimmage, and I'm not saying he's going to be Barry Sanders, just to be very clear, no one will ever be Barry Sanders, 
but you add that dynamic running back to an offense where they've been relying on Jalen Hurts to kind of carry that running game. And if you cannot rely on Jalen Hurts to run the ball as often, you get B. John Robinson in that offense, who is going to beat Philadelphia in the NFC? Who? Nobody. This is a team that could go 16-1 and this season if they get Bijan. I feel like he's that much of an impact player on this offense. And Howie Roseman and all of his brilliance, this is a convenience pick for them. This is just a fun. I can do whatever I want. You know, like I can take Michael Jordan if I want to. And that's what he's getting. He's, he's getting he's getting the Michael Jordan of this draft. I think we're going to look back in five years and be like, oh, Bijan Robinson slipped all the way to 10. What a crime that was. There were nine teams in front of the Eagles that should have taken him. He's going to Philly, man. Bijan Robinson is a Philadelphia Eagle, and that dude is going to make what Brees Hall did before he got hurt look like child's play. Easy. If he Easy. Did, All right. Notwithstanding, I think this is a great pick, and I agree with Nate. I, I wouldn't bet against this happening if he's there. No. I, I think – and I definitely want to watch a lot of Eagles football if that offense is Hurts yeah, right? and Brown and Smith and Godert. Like, what are you going to do other than watch them score 45 <laughs> to 52 points on you? Like, that's just every week. Really fun. Yeah. It- And the thing with these running backs is, yes, like, well, obviously we know that they're getting faded in the NFL a little bit, but these pass catching running backs, they're so valuable for what they can do. They spread the field out. Like, look what Austin Eckler does for that Chargers offense when they get with inside the 20. It's just electricity that you can't guard everyone out there. So Bijan Robinson, I like this pick here at 10, Nate. Uh, Scott, over to you to the Titans, who they need a lot of help on the offensive side of the ball. They strip the offensive line down. They have barely any receivers outside of Traylon Burks, who I still have questions about. And uh, it's Derrick Henry and a little bit of a mess at quarterback as well. Well, we'll go from the excitement of the Michael Jordan of this draft um, to an offensive tackle. But I think if Tennessee doesn't make a trade for quarterback, um, I think they, I think it's kind of a slam dunk. They go tackle here. Um, I think if this is the way the draft plays out, I think they will be a little surprised that all the tackles are still available. Um, So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know a lot about the offensive linemen in this draft. I'm basing this a lot, you know, on I, I study a lot of mock drafts and what other people that are smarter than me with this say. And so I'm calling it as Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. Um, But I think there's a group of three tackles. Either any one of them could be the first tackle off the board. Um, So that's my pick, Tennessee, getting getting a a plow for their other plow, Derrick Henry. (laughs) So we'll just call this the Tony Kukoc, to stick with the Bulls references. Okay, cool. Love a player. What's wrong with a great player? Yeah, great player, great offensive lineman. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, we haven't had too many fancy relevant picks here in the last couple, so I'm going to give us one here with Jackson Smith and the Jigba. This is a very chalk pick. Like This is where he's mocked to go pretty much everywhere. And I think now the Houston Texans, they add a young wide receiver one to go with the quarterback here. In this case, C.J. Stroud linking back up with his college teammate. 
And they're taking a page here from the Bengals and the Eagles. Get a young rookie wide receiver to help develop around your young rookie quarterback and see what happens here. He missed most of this last season with that hamstring issue. I think he only played about three games, had only five receptions for Ohio State this season. However, in 2021, he outperformed Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson when they were on the field together. And what happened when they weren't on the field during that 2022 Rose Bowl thriller against Utah? Only 15 receptions, 347 yards, and three touchdowns. That is Jackson Smith and the Jigba, folks. He is an elusive player inside and outside of the slot. I'm excited to see what he can do. And uh, if he goes to the Texans, he's the only man in town. So I think he is going to be a, a great smash for fantasy in year one. Bold take, but if he lands in the Texans and it is C.J. Stroud at quarterback, I want him over Chris Olave this year. Can I ask a, can I ask a dynasty question real quick for you, to you guys? Yes, sir. Okay, so say you're in a super flex draft, um, and let's say you have pick 104. And let's say what we've seen so far, including this JSN pick, plays out. Are you taking Richardson or JSN at four? That's going to depend on my roster construction, but take that out of it, and I'm probably taking JSN. I'll probably take I'll probably take Richardson personally. I, I think Richardson. I mean, you're talking like a, a quarterback one overall ceiling, personally. So I, I think I would go with Richardson. Mike, how do you feel about it? Um, w- would you be willing to go w- with Richardson? I'm not a huge dynasty guy, but I would probably go with Richardson just because if he can figure it out and if they can get him there, he could be the he could be the QB one like six years in a row. Like I, I recently traded back like, from amazing. Okay. So I feel like that's a that's who I go with too. I agree with Seth on this one. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. I recently traded. I was the 102 and I traded back to the 104. Um, got an extra first rounder I love in that. it. Oh, I got an extra first rounder and then flipped that with some players for Monross eight Brown. So it was a good week. Great. But great. Work. I love that fourth spot just because Bijan. And then if let's say somebody is wise to this and is like, no, I want Richardson at two. Okay, fine. Then my consolation prize is either Bryce Young or CJ right. Stroud at four. You know what yeah. I mean? It's good stuff. Thank you. Yes. 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 100%. Great question, Scott. Uh, Mike, we're back to you with the New York Jets who should have Aaron Rodgers coming into town here. Very shortly, they're playing a little bit of hardball with the Packers who have zero leverage in this situation. What do the Jets do to compliment uh, Aaron Rodgers? Well, with that in mind, this is going to be short but sweet. They're going to take the best pass-blocking offensive tackle still on the board. A lot of people have him as the best pass-blocking tackle in the draft, so they're going to be very pleased if he's there, and uh, I'm sure they're going to snap him up. Or, like Scott said, it'll be one of the the – sort of pool of three or four tackles that everyone thinks these guys are all great. Like, but I think it'll be Skaronsky if he's there. Okay. The great thing about Peter Skaronsky is he can bounce all around this offensive line inside, outside. So I, I think that's a great pick for the Jets. I think they have good offensive linemen, but they just can't stay healthy. Makai Becton, like case in point, yeah. guy is an absolute hoss, but when you're, when you're that big of a dude, sometimes it, it's hard to stay healthy. So yeah, right. give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of protection here, Mike. I like it. Uh, Nate, over to you and the New England Patriots, who you are very fond of the New England Patriots compared to most of us here in the fantasy industry. And I don't know why. It's gross. Just, it's I don't know what, gross, dude. I don't know what happened, man. Um, it's partially because I like Mac Jones as a prospect, and it just made me excited. Um, in this instance, though, they're not going offense. They don't really – 
Belichick likes to address offense with veterans for the most part. I mean, obviously Mac Jones, Tyquan Thornton, but didn't have much of a choice with the fall of Cam Newton. But with this 14th pick, they need another corner. And if they can have two lockdown corners, that's going to help them immensely in what I think is one of the toughest divisions in football, the AFC East. With, I mean, just look at all four of those teams are contenders at this point. They need a corner, and the best corner on the board right now to me is Joey Porter Jr. Jr. from Penn State. I mean, My guy. In, a, in a dream world, Joey Porter goes to the Steelers, right? Follows his dad's legacy, plays for the Please. team his dad played for. As much as I would love to see it, he's not going to last that far in this draft, and Porter is going to the Patriots. Okay, so two things on Joey Porter Jr. One, I love I love him as a player. He is a ball hawk on the defense, mm-hmm. and he got he was a big part of why Penn State was ranked number five in the country for a long time this last season. And just a quick story on Joey Porter Sr. as well. I'm about I don't know eight nine years old, and uh, my uncle would always take us to Steeler games. We would stay in the Hilton Hotel, the same ones the Steelers would, and so we'd always be walking around trying to get autographs and. Joey Porter Jr. is about 11.30, and uh, my uncle calls me and says, hey, get down here. Uh, Joey Porter, I'm having a, a drink with him in the bar. And I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, he walks out. Joey Porter Jr. walks out of the bar with my uncle, and then all of a sudden he gets recognized. Everyone's forming him. My brother gets his autograph. My cousin gets his autograph. Who doesn't get Joey Porter Sr.'s autograph? The kid right here, the little the little six or seven year old me. So, uh, that, you know, a, a little bit of dislove for that that moment of Joey Porter. But I love him coming back to the Steelers, building a legacy there. And I don't hate you forever, Joey Porter. But you did crush a kid that night. There were some tears over there. Hey, those things those things happen. Those th- I'm sure he feels bad about it though. If we could yeah. get him on the show and you guys could talk about it, he'd feel bad. Well, I, I will say, Jeff, well, you know, he, he gives a million autographs. So now as an adult, I'm like, I, I don't feel bad for myself as a kid. I will I say, though. I think the Patriots will stay true to form and draft a terrible wide receiver in the first round. Oh, no. Oh, I, I don't know. Kayshawn Booty? I was going to say Kayshawn Booty. Or... I don't know if Kayshawn Booty's going on day two. He's probably day three. The Patriots have something to say point. about it. He will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they did draft him up next to Tyquan Thornton. Hey, Tyquan, we don't know about easy, Tyquan. Yeah, easy, easy. Still out somewhat. I mean, he could still be. I gotta, somewhat. I gotta get my my Patriots. I don't want to say Patriots shade because Royal Shade is in the chat and he likes the Patriots. So my Patriots. Spark. Royal Shade is throwing shade actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Slade. Yeah, guys, ah. come on. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough there, Scott. It is to you now. Do you have a pick on the offensive side of the ball? Here? I do. This one's a little spicy. Might seem a little bit early, but I have the Patriots and not the Patriots. Jesus. Um, I have the Packers taking a tight end at number 15, and which I don't think that's that crazy. Packers take a tight end, but I've flopped, flip-flopped a little bit on who I think the number one tight end is. Um, it was Michael Mayer from Notre Agreed. Dame for quite some time, but I've been convinced. I believe one of our friends in the chat, Mr. Herms, helped in this convincing. Um, I, I think they're going to go Dalton Kincaid as the first tight end off the board, uh, going to Green Bay at 15. I mean, Kincaid's the best tight end in this draft. I think they need a tight end, like a star tight end, and like this is a good pick. 
I love it for my Jordan Love shares. I've been I've been hoarding it in a lot of leagues. So yeah, I, I think this would be a great pick. And look what he did against USC last season. It was unbelievable. Over 200 passing y- or receiving yards, 13 receptions in that game. He is a different animal. And I know people are comping him to Travis Kelsey. I like Nate's comp of Zach Ertz a little bit better for him. However, I think it is upside galore here. I love this pick here, Scott. I'm going to go to the Washington Commanders now. The now freed or soon to be freed of Dan Snyder, Washington Commanders. And I think they're going to make a very smart pick here. They're going to take Deontay Banks out of Maryland. And listen, this team has one of the best front fours in the league. Their defense should have been vicious this last season, but they weren't because they had no damn secondary. Uh, Deontay Banks, you know, the size is a little bit questionable at times. I know people are concerned about that. But to me, he's a jack of all, master of none, and he's a bit of a playmaker. If you have a tolerance uh, for a guy who might sometimes jump a route and get burned because he's like a Trayvon Diggs-type playmaker, that's Deontay Banks. Um, Love him, hate him. Uh, I know he's a bit controversial, but I like him to sure up that Washington secondary here uh, in the mid-first round. Mike, back to you. Well, I got scared after Scott took a tight end off the board, and I ruined two teams first round. I had Pittsburgh here, and I was like, I want to take Nolan Smith. I know that might not be what what the what the expert mocks are saying, but I just love the idea of, ta- of Steelers taking like a just a freakishly gifted linebacker that just feels like them. But I yes. thought I could I thought I could wait till twenty one, looking at where he was going, like the experts were saying. So like, oh, this is great. I'll trade with with the Chargers because I want them to take Meyer. Michael Mayer, and I'm afraid that Seattle may take them right, take him right in front of them. So I will jump up for a fifth round next year. I just make this stuff up on the fly. <laughs> and I took Michael Mayer for the Chargers, and I traded Pittsburgh back to 21 and immediately got burned. Nate? <laughs> <laughs> you were so mad at me when I made my pick. I was um, just- I was chagrined. I was. I, you were chagrined. I was crestfallen. You, I wasn't mad. I was you were di- you were displeased. Um, so, because we talked earlier about the, we've got another Lions pick here at eighteen. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of offensive needs. They have some depth needs on offense. They can address later in the draft, and there's still some guys floating around in free agency they can pick up to address the depth. Maybe there are some trades, but that's not happening in this draft. In this draft at eighteen, the Lions are going to take. Nolan Smith out of Georgia because dude, Nolan Smith and Aiden Hutchinson together blitzing quarterbacks. Like this is a team that's going to compete for the NFC North plain and simple. This is a team that we're going to see. I wouldn't be surprised to see them surprise everyone, but me and get to the NFC championship. They'll lose to Philly. Of course, we all know that, but all they really need to do, dude, their biggest weakness was their pass rush last season. And now they have addressed pass coverage, which allows more time for the pass rush. And then you've got Hutchinson and Nolan Smith. You run them off on opposite sides. Quarterbacks are screwed. He's going to stay as an edge guy in the NFL. Like I feel yeah. like he's going to be like Jamal Adams, isn't he? Like a big safety that can do anything. He could guard a wide receiver. Sure. Or blitz. Yeah, we're, we're going to see. I don't know what we're going to see with, with, with him because he is such an athletic freak. He, he could b- bounce outside to the outside linebacker. He could st- you know, stay where he's at. I'm excited to see it. Uh, quick question for you guys. Who are you taking for the NFC North right now? The Lions favored at plus 150. 
I like the Packers coming in at plus 310, but I am a Jordan Love homer here. Mike, where would you lean? Uh, your Chicago Bears, unfortunately, are last in the odds, plus 475. I think I don't think I don't. Well, I think it's going to be the Lions. And then I guess my heart wants it to be the Bears <laughs> and then the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings were so not. Uh, are there, am I going to get yelled at on the, the ticker here in a second? I just they were like the least good 13 and four team ever. I'm sorry. Like, yes, maybe, they were. Uh, there was a Steelers team that was close. I don't that think record that they're, was pretty they're obviously by no means guaranteed to win the division. I, I don't think they're going to. I don't even I'm not even sure they're going to take second. Like, I think Green Bay is going to finish last again. <laughs> I am from Chicago. Like, I think I'm duty bound to say that regardless of what they look like. But I feel like this year it's as it's as accurate as it's been in 25 years of prediction. Like, I'll Yeah, think I think. I think Detroit, it's really weird to say this. And then either Chicago, Minnesota, and then the Green Bay Packers, I'm sorry to say, Seth. Oh. Being last. The paucity of superstars is the problem. I think Detroit runs away with the division. They look Which is weird, really weird to say, but I just I think that they win it pretty handily. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go from the NFC North down to the NFC South, which a little bit of a shit show right now. A lot of quarterbacks transitioning in that division. Scott, do you go quarterback Tampa Bay Bucks up at number 19? I considered it and they are another team that could potentially trade up um, for a quarterback, but I kept it. So like two picks ago, I was real boring. Then I went with Dalton Kincaid excitement. Yeah. I'm going back to boring. I'm going back to boring. Um, I have Tampa Bay taking the next best offensive tackle, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Um, he's a little bit more from what I've read. He's a little bit more of a project, but he, uh, he might have the, 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 the highest upside of the tackles in this group. So I think 19 pick 19 is, you know, I think that's a, that's a spot that makes sense for a player with that type of range of outcomes. Um, you know, I can, I contemplated Hendon hooker here. For the Buccaneers being the next best quarterback, in my opinion. Um, but I honestly think that's a little too early for Hooker, in my opinion. Okay. I like I like that pick there, Scott. Another tackle off the board. We're going back to Seattle for pick number 20, where I'm going to have them taking Kalija Cansey, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Mike, with that first pick, you went with Levis. And I think that opens the door for Pete Carroll to continue to do what Pete Carroll does best, and that's build through the damn trenches, folks. I mm-hmm. think he's going to draft uh, Cancy here, who's been compared to Aaron Donald, but just not of a str- as strong of a defensive tackle. I think Aaron Donald would put Clancy on his butt if they went head-to-head uh, here. But this defense is really good in the back end. Like you said, Scott, they got Woolen, or Warren as a – just a steal last season. Bobby Wagner's back in town after one season away as well. So a lot of good in this Seattle team. However, they need to generate more pressure on the defensive front. Um, a little fun fact about Cansey is the second shortest arms at the combine measured in the last 15 years. So a little bit of a T-Rex arm situation going on there. <laughs> but uh, dude's a killer. Dude's an absolute killer. ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Consensus All-American. Uh, hey, T-Rex, I don't know if you guys saw that recent Jurassic Park, but T-Rexes are still goddamn scary at the end of the day, man. <laughs> well, and this is important because this their run defense was atrocious. This was a situation in fantasy last year where it was, okay, what running back is going up against the Seahawks this week, right? <clears throat> like, 
this addresses a need because Cansey's a fantastic run stopper. He's a, he's a line clogger. He's yeah, a the guy short who's also probably an advantage in in the trenches like that because yeah, that's why I like Bulgarians. That's me, by the way. <laughs> the world's greatest uh, weightlifters because the ar- the short arms makes that move. So all that power, mm-hmm. I like this pick for sure for them. All right, all right. Now we're going back to Mike with uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. My Pittsburgh Steelers back on the, the the clock. Herms in the chat. He's also a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So please don't let us down, Mike. We've been let down so often by this well, franchise. My, my diabolical uh, Nolan Smith uh, scheme fell apart, so I shifted on the fly. Went back to what all the experts were saying to do, which was grab a lineman, and I grabbed Darnell Wright from Tennessee. He just seemed like to be next guy up. Uh, they, what I read, he's had a great senior junior year, final yes. year. Yes, yes. Uh, like they described it as a light went on for the guy, and he apparently neutralized uh, Anderson. In a yes, position, right, Will Anderson. So I was like, all right, this seems like the guy. This is uh, he's top five on everyone's list, and three or four of them are already gone. So uh, boom, Darnell Wright, welcome to the Steelers. Thank Get you, up. Mike. Thank on your you. Team. Sorry, Steelers. no. <laughs> thank, thank you so much, and and you're 100 percent right. Will and Anderson, you have an extra fifth round for 2024. My dealings with the Chargers, so welcome. Good. We'll need to replace Allen Robinson next year in the fifth <laughs> round, so <laughs> we'll use that there. Darnell Wright, uh, he did actually have a great game against Will Anderson Jr., like you alluded to, Mike. And Will Anderson Jr. said that he was the toughest offensive tackle he faced in all of his college football career. And they really battled every single season with Wright continuing to get better and better and better. So he might not even be at his ceiling yet. The Steelers need that line help, man. This boosts Najee Harris's stock. So get on Najee while you can uh, in some of your leagues as well. Consider him in your best ball drafts happening now. Nate, back to you with the Baltimore Ravens, who still a little bit of a sticky situation down there in Baltimore. No Lamar Jackson signed as of yet. But maybe he gets uh, the hint from uh, the the Hertz contract that he needs to sign some type of deal. Did any of you see the uh, Ian Rappaport news today about Lamar Jackson, where apparently he was told that the franchise offered him two hundred million dollars guaranteed and he turned it down. So <clears throat> there's that. But this is a team that they believe they're going to have Lamar Jackson back, right? Now we're in this Todd Munkin like air raid style offense that he's yes, going to run. They need receivers. And right now they've got Odell Beckham Jr. Who is a bit part receiver at this point in his career between injuries and age. Nelson Aguilar, who I don't even know why they bothered. Nelson, baby. Why they bothered bringing him in. Rashad Bateman, who could or could not break out. Then they've got Mark Andrews and someone I love, Isaiah Likely. They need receiver help. And the kind of receiver now help they need, they've already got the smaller, quick guys that can work the middle of the field. They need Quentin Johnston. What they happened need to Duvernay? Sorry. Uh, Duvernay is unsigned right now, but yes. he is expected to be back with the club. I don't know. He's he's not a guy who moves the needle for me in this Montreal offense. With exactly. But Quentin Johnson is. And he's a raw prospect. And with the depth that they have – they don't have to roll him out as a wide receiver too immediately because they've got guys like Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, Rashad Bateman. Whether you like it or not, Odell Beckham Jr., Nelson Aguilar, he can have a little bit of time to develop, but he's that type of receiver I think that will work really well in this Monken offense. And maybe this is a pipe dream that he goes at 22 because we're seeing that teams are kind of more out 
on him at this yes. point yes. that he's a guy who's going to be a day two pick. But this is also the Baltimore Ravens, and I it, I wouldn't be shocked to see them snag Quentin Johnson with the twenty second pick. He fits the team. He fits the scheme. Okay. Yeah. The, I personally like. I, I don't know. I've I've been lowering down on Johnston a little bit. Actually, Same. I, I kind of like Zay Flowers a little bit better personally at this point. But uh, you know, I, I'm not the Ravens. I'm not Todd Munking here. He goes number twenty two. Uh, Scott, over to you with twenty three, my friend. All right. From boring back to exciting. Lineman back to skill positions. So I'm going a little bit of a wide receiver run here. Um, I got the Vikings at 23, and I'm mocking the my number two wide receiver in this class, Jordan, Addis- Jordan Addison out of USC uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen's gone. Uh, one of the knocks on Addison is size. He didn't test. He, he wasn't that great at the combine. I don't really care about that. Uh, his size, his weight's you know a bit of an issue, but he's 5'11". That's not... That's not uncommon. And he's not just a primary slot guy. Um, you know, he had a career 57% slot rate in college, which is on the higher end. But, you know, he can play all over the field. He can yes, play he probably he probably won't spend a lot of a lot of time out wide as the X, but you know, as the flanker, off the line, slot receiver. Um, I think he excels. His weaknesses is press man coverage. So I think they'll find ways to not have him up on the line being press covered. Um, but he's a zone killer. Uh, he's a great route runner. He's NFL ready. Um, I just, I, I think he's, I think after JSN, I think he's the number two guy and I think the Vikings would be happy if he fell this far. Hey, no, com- no complaints from the chat, Scott. They're all on with you as well. Addison, we, we loved him at Pitt with Kenny Pickett. We loved him this last year with Caleb Williams as well, working a very different role than he played in the Pittsburgh offense, playing a lot more outside so he can play both in and outside. Excited to see. Add, can I add one, one, one more little tidbit? I was listening to J.J. Zacharyson and Matt Harmon. That's two pretty good minds when it comes to receivers. And one of the reasons, because a lot of people downplay, he, he, he had such a great season with Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh and then didn't really have that great of a season in USC. And the thinking there is that's a lot due to how he was being used. He wasn't being used properly in US, at USC, whereas at, at Pitt, he was being put all over the field. Um, and I think an NFL team is going to see that. And I like him. I like Jordan Addison a lot. Okay. I'm going to go ahead with 24 here. Jacksonville Jaguars fans stand up. Okay, okay, okay. A little, little, little Jacksonville oh. love here. <laughs> I'm definitely a Calvin Ridley fan. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So I am shocked this player made it made it this far. I think he's one of the best defensive line slash edge players in this draft. It's Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. When I watched the combine drills, this was the one guy. I Even before I knew, I said, who is that guy? That guy is like scary big. And just a, an athletic freak ran a four, uh, 4.58. He's six, five, 272. He never started at Iowa. And that's like the question mark with Lucas Van Ness. He was never a starter. However, this is also Iowa who continue to run a Navy style offense and continue to bring their offensive coordinator back every single season. Although their special teams at one point had more points scored than their offense this season. So I don't always trust Iowa. That's what I'm trying to say here. But I do trust Lucas Van Ness here. Um, I think he likes likely bumps to the defensive end here. You have Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker at those outside linebacker positions, and then Lucas Van Ness. That's a scary pass rush that I think can get after the likes of Patrick Mahomes, get after the likes of Justin Herbert, and actually really contend in this AFC, a loaded AFC, 
Jacksonville Jaguars get a little bit better here. Lucas Van Ness, guys, number 24. Mike, back to you. Uh, any excitement, exciting picks with you? Any fancy relevant picks? We, we've seen quite a bit here in the 20s. What do you have for us with the New York Giants on the clock? Well, I mean, to me, they're just are in desperate need of a wide receiver. So I was going to go that way. I knew going in. A lot of people probably have Flowers next. I mean, most people probably. Guilty, and yes. I went with I went with Jalen Hyatt. Uh, but again, Flowers is certainly more polished, uh, more NFL ready, runs more routes proficiently for sure. I feel like situationally, though, Hyatt, first of all, had a he smoked the combine. He was the number one guy with the combine. So like, and we're we're upgrading guys on their physical get. Like Richardson's a great example. It's like that that to me does mean something. And I okay. think he's, he's trainable. But mostly, I think for the Giants, he's a better pick because he forces safeties. You have you can't crowd the box. Saquon, I think this is more a pick for. I think Saquon Barkley will be happier to see Hyatt than Flowers because he's going to see the space that that guy creates with his presence on the field. And uh, I mean, he had a great year. He had a great year. Like he's not like, a, a, uh, he's not like Willie Galt who just, did a, a <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm old by the way. I just said, was, dude, I get the reference. He's like well that reference. Who happened. It was like, I can, maybe can, I can play football too. Like he's a talented guy too. So I think that this is the pick I, I if if one of those two guys, they'll take one of those two guys if they're there at twenty five, I think. And like, I just went with Hyatt because I like, I like that he pushes the safeties back. Okay, I mean, I could see this happening because I think we were talking about this. Like, me, I, I prefer Flowers over Hyatt in fantasy football, and it's not really close. But this is something I could easily see happening in the real NFL world yes. because speed kills. Um, I could easily see Hyatt going in the first round where all us fantasy people will be like, what? Like we were with Kadarius Tony to this, yes, this sir. Yes, sir. a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I think the same pick or at least close to it. Um, right. So yeah, I could easily see this happening. Yep. Same. Yeah. I, I like it. Nate, over to you. Another NFC uh, East team on the board, the Dallas Cowboys. They got a lot of question marks uh, heading in with Mike McCarthy calling all the shots now. Yeah, and I don't want them to address any of them because I hate the Cowboys with a passion and I can't explain. My dad grew up in Texas and hated the Cowboys and he passed that hate of the Cowboys. Wow, this is not American. Reason. He, yeah. probably, he, he probably hates apple pie and McDonald's too, doesn't he? No, he loves <laughs> apple pie, but you have to have a slice of cheddar cheese melted on top. What about top. apple pie from McDonald's? Does he like that? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'd have to ask, I guess. They don't, they don't put um, cheese on it, so probably, probably not. <laughs> what I'm hearing. <laughs> so had I not taken Bijan at 10 and he was still on the board, I feel like this is where he goes, but that's not the world we're living in, in this mock draft. And they have there is many... a world where he goes 26, but okay. no, there isn't. There absolutely isn't. And I agree with you, Mike, they need help on the interior of their defensive line and plain and simple. A Jerry Jones move is to go with the best player on the board at the position that they need the most. And it's Brian Bressy from Clemson. Plain and simple. Like, I don't really have a whole lot else to say. Their defense wasn't phenomenal last season, and this gives a boost to their defensive interior. I think Brian Breesey is one of the most interesting prospects and one of the best stories. This guy was so highly recruited coming out of high school, and then this last season, what happens? Not only does he get – 
he comes back from a torn ACL his junior year, comes back this year, and then loses his sister to cancer, heartbreaking, gets a staph infection where he's battling strep throat again and again and again. So we never saw, like, Brian Breesy's best college year was his first one. That is insane to me. And now, like, we don't really know what his ceiling is because we haven't really seen him play in two years to his full level. Um, but he was a beast when he finally got right here at the end of the year. This is a kid, regardless of where he lands, I'll be rooting for Brian Breesy. I Absolutely. love the story. So uh, c- congrats to the, the Cowboys on what I think is a great pick here. Scott, over to you with the Buffalo Bills, pick number 27. Yeah, back to boring. Um, so <laughs> this is a player that, at least according to everything I saw, really is kind of scattered all over the mock drafts where he's going. I've seen him top 10. I've seen him, I think, in a few, not even in round one. Yes, I'm yes. Going for some, I'm going for some DL help here. I, I feel like there's enough enough there that taking – this player, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, D lineman. Um, I think he's a first rounder, and I think the Buffalo getting him here would be, they, they would see a big value in that. I'm, I'm very excited to see where Miles Murphy can go, honestly. Overall, it is a wide variance, as you said, Scott. And, and I am surprised you didn't go with Zay Flowers here. I, I think Buffalo needs a wide receiver, but Buffalo. It's possible I forgot he was still on the board. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But Miles Murphy goes at number 27 for you. And guys, who's up at number 28? It's it's uh it was supposed to be the Cincinnati Bengals. However, I was hoping Dalton Kincaid fell here or uh Michael Mayer. Didn't happen that way. I, I think I think if they're gonna see this board how it is now, the Bengals are going to get savvy with it. They're gonna trade out of the number 28 pick and the Tampa Bay. Mother effing Buccaneers trade back in and they select Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee for this. This trade is for pick number 28 uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a star goes back to the Bengals, Devin White, who recently requested a trade. Devin White will go to the Bengals and uh, the Bucks will also take Akeem Davis-Gaither who plays Devin White inside linebacker position for the Cincinnati Bengals. And look, I, I like Baker Mayfield as much as the next guy. I like Kyle Trask as much as the next guy. Dude for, threw 40 TDs his senior year of college. We haven't seen him much. However, Hendon Hooker is a guy who can do it all. 27 t- touchdowns, two interceptions in 11 games this season. He was efficient. Brought old Rocky Top back to the top of the mountain. And uh, also had 10 rushing touchdowns, over 1,000 yards rushing these last two years. And at Tampa Bay, he doesn't have to start year one. They have Baker. They brought him in for a reason. So I think that they have a a guy who can battle with Kyle Trask and probably take that starting role by 2024, Hendon Hooker. Um, They're giving up Devin White, which I think is obviously a very valuable player to that defense. However, it doesn't look like they're going to sign him to a big deal anyway. So now they get the quarterback of the future for him. And uh, the Bengals are smiling too. They just added another force to that defense. It got a lot of weaker. So – all, all's good in Cincy. All good here in Tampa Bay, baby. You know I love Hendon Hooker. You know how much I love Hendon Hooker. Yeah, yeah. I think I, the secret of how, how I think he could be one of the top two or three quarterbacks in this class when we look back in five years. But this this fit makes a lot of sense, man. Like he can sit behind Baker, and then he can beat out Trask in 2024. And if they can hold on to Chris Godwin for a couple of seasons while Hooker's developing as a starting quarterback, like what better situation could you have? And they have Rashad White, who is to the moon as the RB1 in Tampa Bay this season. Okay. I like this too. If this actually played out, that's a 
that's a big get for the Bengals too. Yes, it is. I think yeah. if, if Hooker were 22 years old, he would have gone 10 spots higher. Yes, sure. Yeah. So you he's said he's 32, a right? I think 32. they got to feel like, well, the future's better be now, or at least now-ish. Like, we can't – like, this guy better be ready sooner rather. And I think that that's why the situation is great. None of those guys are real starting QBs. I mean, for lack of a better way to say it. So, like, the job is there, like, midseason this year if he's ready. So, and I hope he is. That'd be exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm excited as well. That was my one big trade for the draft. We got three more picks. Let's round it out here. Mike, your final pick of our 2023 NFL mock draft. New Orleans Saints are on the clock. Where are you going with this one, my friend? Well, I wanted a defensive lineman. I wanted Miles Murphy. He got taken. Oh. I just grabbed Keon White, which is actually what a lot of people say is going to happen in New Orleans. They think he's he's going to be there and they're going to take him. So like, And they need that help. So, uh, yeah, I just grabbed him up. Uh, I feel like that pool of like that, those, that, those, that group of players, I was like, well, there's not anyone standing out as like a significantly better edge rusher right now on the, uh, still available. So Keon White, Georgia Tech. All right. Pairing with Cam Jordan. They got a front over there in New Orleans. I like it, Mike. Uh, Nate, back to you. Pick number 30, Philadelphia Eagles. They're back on the clock. What do they do here with uh, another luxury pick, if I would say so myself? Well, this is a little bit less of a luxury pick for them. This is the pick that they earned by going to the Super Bowl. And as we talked about earlier, they have some needs on defense. Their secondary lost some people. CJ Gardner Johnson left. Um, They almost lost Darius Slay. Yeah, they, they did need, bring – yes. They brought Slay back, um, but they need a safety. And the best safety on the boards, Brian Branch out of Alabama. And it just makes all the sense in the world that this is the route they're going to go if he's still on the board at 30. Yeah, Brian Branch, very versatile player, can probably uh, play that slot a little bit here as a rookie as well. So Brian Branch to the Eagles. They did lose a lot of pieces on that defensive side. So I think they get back here with Brian Branch. I like that pick. Scotty, back to you, my friend. Pick number 31, the Kansas City Chiefs. Was always that a wild the, card. Was that the was that the first safety in our on our off our board? Yes, sir. It was. Yes, sir. So one safety in the first round. And one more, one last chance for a linebacker. Nope. Um this pick I made is more of the fantasy football nerd in me wanting something to happen. Um, I don't know if this is even realistic. People can, people can uh, smoke me all they want, but I'm, I'm mocking Jameer Gibbs running back Alabama to the Kansas city chiefs at 31. Um, the C CEH. That's actually good. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. Going to a team that we just saw Jarek McKinnon, um, you know, be, be a, basically a top three running back over the last course over the course of the season. Obviously, Kelsey's there, but they don't have a lot in the way of competition at receiver. Targets are earned. Gibbs is a prolific uh, receiving running back, one of the best that we've seen in a little while. So it might be a little early for Gibbs, but, you know, pick 31, which is already throwing me that pick 31 is the last pick in the draft. Thanks. Or the first round. Thanks a lot, Dolphins. (laughs) So I went with Jameer Gibbs. This was a little bit more of a fantasy homer call, something I I think would be really fun. I love it, man. And like we said, like Gibbs could sneak into the back of the first round because he is that valuable pass catcher and running back. Mike, any thoughts on Gibbs here to, uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs? Would you be in on it? Isaiah Pacheco is also a dog, but only seventh round pick. I feel like, do you think they might take Flowers if he's there? Like that? That's where I. That's where I. I, I was. I was surprised. I, mean, I, I forgot Zay Flowers existed. 
<laughs> Clearly. Clearly I mean, we I, all did. Truth be told, I would have taken Jordan Addison at 23 over Zay Flowers, but I did forget with the Buffalo pick. I I didn't forget here. I knew he right. was there. I took Gibbs anyway. Yeah, I mean, I could see them doing either thing, but it would not be surprising to me if they took a smallish, super talented. I mean, like the, the consensus, yes. like the, the smart money is probably on a offensive lineman. Um, but screw it. This is our mock draft. I mean, hot take. <laughs> I don't think Jameer Gibbs is still going to be available at 31. I think he might go oh. at 29 to New Orleans. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. He He's literally Alvin Alvin Kamara as his comp, so I don't know why they would exactly. want to Exactly. Yeah, because Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended, and we saw the, the drop-off with Kamara last season. But, again, that's just me. What do, I, what do I know? I don't watch football, so. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, guys, this has been an absolute blast. I can't thank the IBT family for tuning in, supporting the channel here. Uh, so much great commentary here in the chat that I'm going to look back on. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Mike, we can't thank you enough, man. Thank I know you. it's about 11.05 here on the East Coast, so thank you for staying up late with us. Absolutely. How can we best support you, our friend, as we head into another fun fantasy football season? I may have some openings on my uh, auction keeper league that you guys are going to need to fill. Uh, so that's how you can help right. me. Oh, <laughs> okay. Wow. We'll talk about that. We'll see. We'll see. Where... Some people are having babies and stuff. And like, I'm like, really? Where's your, where's how your selfish? Where's the loyalty <laughs> to the league? You're going to have a baby and start a family. All right. Uh, so uh, in all seriousness, I need for nothing. Uh, I'd love to come back anytime. Thanks for having me. Uh, I learned a lot about how little I know about the NFL draft. It seems like, and uh, I had a great time as always. Hey, man, we greatly appreciate your analysis and your energy and fun you bring to not just our channel, but everyone in the fantasy football industry. We are blessed to have someone like you in this industry who gives us so much of your time. Uh, want to thank everyone out there one more time. If you guys are new to the channel, please give us a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. Come back and hang out with us again. We have good content coming out for you uh, multiple times a week, and this show is weekly throughout the remainder of the year. Uh, Nate, Scott, thank you guys again as well for bringing your analysis. And Kyle in the back end, our audio producer, you're always appreciated as well, guys. Have a great weekend. Try to enjoy some spring weather if we get it. I know it's been a little bit hectic lately, uh, but enjoy it. We'll be back next week. We'll talk on some NFL draft props and, and lay some coin for it. Until then, guys, keep it in between. <laughs>